Hello, creative people. Welcome to Creative Conversations. My name is Hollis Citron, and we are so happy that you have chosen to spend your time with us. I am owner and founder of I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, and I am on a mission to expand the definition of creativity beyond a pencil and a paintbrush and to empower people, especially adults, to own their voices and talents that come in so many different forms. This space was created to talk to people with all different kinds of jobs, hobbies, and interests, and to have conversations about experiences and perspectives all centered around three questions. How do you define creativity? How do you incorporate it into your life? And why do you think it's important? Then we have a free-flowing conversation and we see where it goes. So I have had the opportunity to speak to so many. I've spoken to musicians, comedians, doctor, lawyer, wrestlers, Reiki masters, and entrepreneurs as young as 13. And these conversations explore the reality that creativity is not cute, it is necessary. People have defined creativity as that magic spark, how we show up in our life, imagination, basically all that we are and want to be, do, or have. So I believe from my heart that sharing these stories gives one the ability to expand their thinking, open themselves up for more self-expression, to feel more empowered, connected, and dare I say, happy. So my inspiring guest for today is Jacqueline Shawless. She guides introverted women to be seen, to get seen, heard, and respected by embracing their awesome. As an intersectional introvert, her challenging yet accomplished upbringing births an international speaker, global best-selling author, and advisor to top executives, all while honoring her introversion. Jacqueline, welcome to the space. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. I'm so glad. So am I. It's, yeah, I can't wait for people to hear you speak and just to engage in this conversation because I love what you do. So um, just that tiny bit of what I read about you, could you please, wherever you feel like you want to share, tell a little bit more about yourself before we dive in? I mean, truly, that that kind of covers it. I mean, my story began very early in childhood with me having a recognition that when I grew up, I wanted to be a New York Times bestselling author. And so my story kind of starts from that kind of framework where early on, I knew I wanted to speak on stages, I wanted to write books, and I wanted to travel the world. And working from that framework has kind of guided me um, along the way to the work that I'm doing now, which I've I've ticked many of those. I'm not a New York Times bestseller yet. Um, I'm I'm still on the path for that particular designation, but I have other bestsellers um, that have have almost met that goal. <laughs> mm, yep, and you're going to get there. And I'm so excited that you are in Invisible No More, stepping into the spotlight, which is going to launch um, April eighth. So, and you share your wisdom and your perspective on what invisibility means to you and then stepping into the light. So can't wait for that. Yes. Yeah. So what's, what's so interesting and I'm so excited about diving into more is the idea of you knew all of this from the beginning, from childhood, but we have the word introversion in your title. So I'm really excited for you to talk more on that and what that means. But before we get to that, 
we have our would you rather question and then we will dive in. So Jacqueline, are you ready? As ready as I'm going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) would you rather only be able to whisper or shout? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I think whisper is I can, I can do a lot more things in a lot more places with a whisper than I can with shouting. You don't want to scream at a toddler, but you can whisper to someone in a loud party. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'll take whisper. <laughs> That's the introvert side, right? <laughs> it is, but I was curious to see how you were going to answer, but I think it's really, you can be really effective too with the whisper. Absolutely. I think it has a lot more versatility than people give it. <laughs> there, there's a, a lot that you can do with a whisper and a lot of ways you can leverage a whisper. Um, you can certainly leverage being loud too, but I think people tend to underestimate <laughs> the power of a whisper. So I'll take that one. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. Sometimes I know for me when someone's too loud and all of a sudden their energy is just way too overwhelming. It's just like I shut, mm-hmm. I shut down. I'm like, ah, don't like it. Go away. Shut down. Don't hear you. Yes, absolutely. And when someone's loud, it's easily mistaken as aggression, even if they're just like very enthusiastic. Whereas a whisper, you can you can whisper and be seductive. You can whisper and be encouraging. You can whisper and be threatening. Um, you can do all of these things with a whisper with a lot more uh, versatility versus, you know, it's hard to be seductive if you're screaming. <laughs> it's hard to be soothing if you are like built in megaphone. So, yeah, (laughs) this is why I saw this question. I was like, I have to ask her this one. And yes, so true. (laughs) You can be that just where you said you can be seductive with a whisper and you could be really threatening with a whisper. Like there is that there is that extreme. I can totally see like in a movie or something where they're just I I just saw what's his name? Um, uh, James Bond. Like leaning over and whispering something to somebody, basically, I'm going to kill you. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And it it is remarkably effective um, when someone is whispering something menacingly. It's it's almost you don't know what to do because they are being so quiet and so calm and also putting your life on the line. And you're not sure if you really want to test that. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's. Whispers are quite effective. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. That was good. So let's dive into our first official question, but I do want to welcome those that are here live with us. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you. Um, Any questions or comments, please, of course, feel free to put them in the chat box below where we can see them. So um, Jacqueline, how do you define creativity? Creativity to me is is very multifaceted. I mean, being able to pour your your essence and your joy and your love into something that others can benefit from, that's creativity. And for for me, I've for a long time, I've always considered myself not to be creative. My sister is the creative one. Um, she's the artistic one and anything with the arts she can do. She can sculpt, she can paint, she can sew, uh, she writes poetry, like everything artistic she does. And for a long time, it's like, hey, she's the creative one. <laughs> I'm the talker, my brother's the salesman and that's kind of our lane. 
and it took me shifting. Um, there was someone who, there was a colleague of mine, and she said that um, I should stop doing that. She pointed it out to me because I didn't really pay attention. And she was saying that, um, that I am creative. What I am is an artist of the soul. And she said that and it's like, oh my God, first, let me write that down. Second, can I use that? And third of all, holy crap, someone sees me in that way. And she went on to expand it and really explaining how creativity and even artistry, it's not simply what you're doing with like paints and colors, but it's the way that you are crafting and creating a thing to be in the world. And for me, that was very moving and I felt it very deeply and it really shifted my, my own perceptions of what creativity is and what it can be. Mm. Yes, that's, that's, yes, we are soul sisters. <laughs> <That's, Yeah. laughs> I am so glad that you found her. I am so glad that she shared that with you because it's life-changing, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Debbie Burns. Yeah, she spoke that to me a few years ago. I've, I'm still like gnawing on the magnitude of that one word yeah, <laughs> from her. <yeah. laughs> Go Debbie. I mean, it's artist of the soul. I mean, I define, yes. cre I define creativity as your expression, as, you know, how you show up, how you show up in the world. So your, how you show up with your voice, how you show up with you as an individual and what you bring to it. So this whole expansion of this concept and what you do, it's just so freeing everybody when you, we can see beyond these labels. Well, my, my brother, like you said, is the salesperson. My sister is the, is the artist. I am the, you know, I'm the speaker. When we can actually see beyond this, it's so empowering to see all that we own and are capable of. Absolutely. And I love how, how you frame it as being expression because that is, that's a, a core component of what I do and of the philosophy of Embrace Your Awesome. Um, the first portion of that um, for awe is about your amazing works of expression. And those are all of the ways that you show up in your world. And we're so conditioned to cut off parts of ourselves. Like I'm a mother in this in this compartment, um, you know, I'm an employee or I'm a manager or I'm a business owner in this component. I'm a wife in this other component. I'm a friend in this other compartment. And that's not how humans work. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. We are all of these things simultaneously. And the, the detriment that we do with trying to cut off parts of ourselves to fit into these little boxes is one that we are literally tearing ourselves apart, which mm -hmm. means we have to work to put ourselves back together to even feel whole. That's part of why we can often feel very disconnected um, from ourselves, let alone from others. But also there are so many gifts that come with the ways that we show up in the world. Each of our expressions, it adds nuance, it adds depth, it adds humanity to all the other aspects of our life. And so I love how you frame um, with expression, his expression is so key. It's essential that we honor all of the ways that our lives are expressed in all of these, these kind of pieces of ourselves. And these, I call them facets of us because we are jewels reflecting our own light. And it's important to recognize the value of that and the beauty in that and to not deprive your world of all of these other things because you're trying to fit into a box that really was not designed for humans. Ah, 
Did you hear that, everybody? Oh, my God. <laughs> ah, so much gold in there, but then facets, jewels reflecting our own light. Ah. Yeah. Ah, and one of our listeners just said, I love that artist of the soul. So much to build on with that thought. Yes. Yeah, that, that was years ago and Debbie said it. I'm still, like, to this day, I still, like, I'm... I'm still living off of that, (laughs) you know, and that it goes into the whole notion of how you can transform someone's life. We were just having like dinner. It was like nothing, no big deal. We're like just hanging out. It's like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while. Like chit chat. Um, And she said this and this, it completely transformed my life. It changed how I saw myself. It changed how I saw my siblings and kind of my place and our, our little family bond. It changed how I began to work with my clients, it changed the way that I even framed from my own mental and spiritual side, how I frame the work that I do. And it was just, it was like a throwaway comment. <laughs> it was one of those things like, oh, we're just talking like past the nachos, like <laughs> no big deal. But that's the power of us being in, in places of authenticity and being in places where we are free in these places where we're free to express, we're free to share, and we feel comfortable with having that type of vulnerability that you can say something that it's not all that big of a deal to you, but to the person hearing it, it can change their life. Like my, my everything is different because of that one comment. So it's, yeah, we are, we are far more powerful, far more impactful than we give ourselves credit for. And it's just highlighting that point that words, words are so freaking powerful words are power. And that's the whole point of what you're saying. Like, wasn't a big deal. You weren't in a coaching session kind of thing. It's you were hanging out, you were eating nachos, you were, you know, whatever. And these words, whichever way you go with them, land on people. You never know how they're going to land. Sometimes you do know how they're going to land and you get feedback on that, but you, they are just, use your power for good, everybody. Basically, yes, yes, <laughs> and recognize that your your words and your actions that they have the power to transform someone's life for the better or for the worse. So just being just being mindful in the language that you use and how you may phrase things, it might not seem like much to you at the time because you know we're all human. We've got things to do. Uh, you know, the dishes need washing, the trash needs to be taken out. You know, got to change the world. You know, usual stuff. Um, but the way that you show up, um, even your presence, especially for us introverts, our presence is so powerful that it's easy for, for us to, to overlook the, the power of our presence. Like we don't have to say anything to transform the atmosphere. I mean, just, just look at yourself and just for the introverts in the house, Remember those times when you're just sitting there minding your own business? You're just there enjoying the space, kind of observing things. And you're just you're just content. And then someone has to come over <laughs> and ask you, is something wrong? Are you okay? You're so quiet. If that's you changing the atmosphere, you mm-hmm. literally being present in the space compel them to need to have some type of interaction with you. Now, the interaction wasn't one that you wanted because you were fine until they started asking you this question. Um, and then you were no longer fine. But 
the fact that you have that type of magnetism, that you have that ability to draw people in, it's overlooked because we we can see it as being a negative and a detriment, but it can absolutely be something that we can leverage and use to empower ourselves and empower those people who are compelled to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I So I want people to hear more about who you are in your journey. Um, just what I'm so fascinated, there's so many facets of you, um, but entitling this embracing your introversion, introversion and embracing your awesome, I'd love you to kind of talk about, because your definition of introversion and kind of tell us where it started, like, and how you grew in it from childhood to now. Sure. Well, when people hear the word introvert, it often what comes to mind is someone who's quiet or shy or antisocial, who's kind of checked out or uninterested. And none of those things have anything to do with introversion. You can be extroverted and also be boring. (laughs) You can be extroverted um, and also be antisocial. Introversion is simply a descriptor of how someone processes stimulation. For introverts, we are internal processors, meaning that we take on all of the stimulation around us and we tend to be pretty sensitive to stimulation. We take on everything that we're experiencing, everything we're observing, and then we need time away from that stimulation for our brains to kind of process everything that it's just taken in. And then once our brains have time to kind of process and figure out what's important, then we can respond and we can do whatever. We can speak on it. We can come to a conclusion. We can share. We can do whatever. But our brains need time away from stimulation in order to process what's happening. Extroverts are external processors. And so they need to engage with their world. They need to talk through their thoughts. They need to walk through it. They need to go through all of these different, um, very tangible physical things. And they need more outside stimulation in order to figure out what's important and what they're thinking. So extroverts will talk through their thoughts and introverts will hear all of the thoughts thinking that that's gospel. Um, And it can lead to the two being very confused and frustrated with one another because introverts will speak and respond when there's something worth hearing. Like if we have something worth sharing, we're happy to share it, but we're not just going to share just because. Extroverts have to share just because in order to figure out what it is that they want to share. (laughs) And so it's just, it's the ways that our brains are wired and there's no either or. Um, It's a spectrum of engagement. So it's not someone's either an extrovert or an introvert or an ambivert. It's gradients of gray all in between. And so recognizing that and understanding that it's simply a matter of how you process stimulation, nothing more, nothing less, it's a lot easier to understand a lot of the characteristics of introverts with needing time to reflect, with having time away from people, with needing that extra beat before they share their thoughts or um, they reach a conclusion. It's because of the way their brains work. Now, for me, I didn't realize all of this as a kid. I knew none of this. I had none of the languaging for it. What I knew is that in my mind, I had a vision that was so clear. It was absolute gospel that this is my life and this is what my adulthood would look like. It would be me on stages and in front of swarms of people. It would be me traveling to all of these countries that I had never heard of. It would be me doing all of these things. It would be me writing these books. 
And also, I need time so that I can just think through what it is that I want. I want to have time to kind of envision what it is like, even in the world, what does it feel like? What's I knew both of these things were true. What was not clear was how, how these two things could coexist because everything around me, even till today, I mean, it's still nothing, not much has changed in that regard where if you want to be successful, you need to get out of your shell. You have to stop being an introvert. You just need, you just need to get out of that <laughs> and mm -hmm. do this other thing. Or you can be quiet and you can be reserved, but don't expect to do anything big in the world. Don't expect to be successful. You, you can work in accounting, but you can't be on global stages. Like you, it's an either or dynamic from a lot of what we're told. And that's an absolute false dichotomy. That is not true at all. So for me, as, as I was growing older and I got experience, I had a, an opportunity to test the waters of sorts before I knew kind of the languaging around this, just a recognition that yes, this vision of me doing these big things in the world is true. And it's also true that I enjoy time to myself, that I enjoy having time to delve deep in these conversations. I enjoy my selective engagement. <laughs> Both of these are true. So this opportunity came um, when I was in high school to go to a completely new school. I was recruited to go to a different school for the debate team. I knew the coach, kind of, and that was it. <laughs> That's all I knew. I didn't know the area, didn't know the school, didn't know the people. But because I had that blank slate, it gave me an opportunity to kind of test the waters, as I like to say. So rather than doing my normal thing, which everyone just expects, since I'm the quiet girl with the book in the corner, I'm don't include her <laughs> in things where you need to be like talking and whatnot. If I'm going to be this person that's in my mind, what would it look like for me to just like test that out? Like if I'm going to be on stages in front of all these people, what would it be like for me to just try that out be in front of people uh if i'm going to be publishing books what would it be like for people to like read my material or to submit this for publications and so i began in that very kind of playful inquisitive you know what would happen if you know what if i was just that person rather than trying to do all of this other mental gymnastics to fit somebody else's notions what if i just tried this out and that's how I approached it. Like, let me just try this out. I usually say no <laughs> to these opportunities. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say yes, and let's see what happens. And what happened <laughs> was that one, I felt amazing. And I was making these huge strides towards this vision of myself. But also I felt so free in that space because I was able to do, it wasn't just that I was able to do these things that Maybe some part of me knew, but I didn't know if I could do this or not. But those doors opened up other doors. So saying yes to this one thing led to saying yes to this other thing, which said yes to another thing. You know, saying yes to me going to the school and being on this debate team offered an opportunity for me to take advanced classes, which led to me graduating a year early, which led to me then teaching college in my teens, which led to me like all of these things. Like there were these, there were these huge massive doors that were nowhere on my radar. Like 
they weren't even in my universe to consider turning down. And these doors began to open the more I leaned into the truth of me, that it's true that I can do these big things. And it's also true that I can be quiet. I can be reserved and I can also show up in big ways on stages, giving speeches and in plays. And so that was that was really the journey. That journey has continued to this very day. That's still my approach. Um, and it's the approach that I take when I'm working with people as well. You know, what if you were just to do this? Like, what if you were just to try it out? Like, let's just try it out and see how it goes. It could go poorly. Everything could go completely off the rails, but it might go great. It mm-hmm. might go better than you're even expecting, but you'll never know which way it's going to go until you put something towards that. And so that that kind of playful nature about it and leaning into those gifts of introversion, it's a gift to be able to see all of these dots connecting because you're observing not just what people are, are saying and you're not just hearing what they're saying and looking at their body language, but you're picking up on all of the other cues. You're picking up what's happening in the environment around you. How are other people responding? Your brain is thinking through all of the ways that a person could respond to your response and whether you should respond or not, how this may benefit or how this may harm. Our brains are doing all of this with every interaction. It can be burdensome, but it can also be a gift because that level of insight that we naturally have, because that's how our brains are wired, it allows us to contribute in unique and powerful ways. When we have something to share, it's usually something that's worthwhile. It's, it's something that is yeah. very beneficial because our way of looking at it is quite different. And that difference is what allows some nuance into um, those areas that we're in. So, wow. Okay. So there's a bunch of things I want to touch on, but just kind of, I'd like to hear what you think on. So is this called, would you say that introversion is like being empathic in a sense? Is that what they say? So it's a big word that's now it's like you're an, you're an empath. Right. They are similar, but different. You can be an extrovert and also be empathic. Um, the, the overlap is how we are able to, both introverts and empaths, are able to pick up on all of these cues kind of in the environment when they're engaging with people. A lot of um, introverts also have those empathic qualities, but don't necessarily identify with being empathic. The difference between the two is that for introversion, the way our, our brains are wired we find all of these, we are, we have a heightened sensitivity to stimulation, whatever the stimulation may be. We are able to take in a lot more stimulation. Um, and that's part of what causes this, this need to kind of be away from, from stimulation, not just people, because you don't need people to be overstimulated, like just standing on the corner in New York City. That's enough. Like no one has to talk to you. It's just overload. So there's, there's that aspect of it that overlaps, but with empaths, it's more about like the energy and the emotions of the people. So not necessarily that you that your brain is looking at connecting all of these disparate dots or that you need to be away from stimulation or that you need to be away from people. Um, people who have heightened empathic abilities, they're, they're the way that they get kind of... Um, overstimulated is by taking in too much of the energy and the emotions of other people. Whereas for introverts, it's just the environment, period. It's not necessarily the emotions or the engagement with people. Uh, it's I just 
we're seeing everything. And while we're seeing and taking in everything, our brains are trying to calculate <laughs> like what yeah. needs to happen, who it needs to happen to. Empaths, it's not the same in that regard. Okay. So they're very similar and there is some overlap, but they are different. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Yeah. That was a good explanation. Thank you. So mm -hmm. what I wanted to touch on too, was this whole, I just love that when you were a kid, you were completely visioning. You were like, this is going to happen. <laughs> like it was very clear. You're going to write books. You're going to speak on stages. You don't know the how, which is so much of mindset is like, if you focus on the how, then we get all caught up and then we, we shut down because we get we get, we're like, well, how, how, how? And then mm -hmm. it, it often doesn't, it creates more stress. I'm not saying mm -hmm. that it's not action oriented. It just creates stress when you just focus on that word. Well, how is it going to happen? How's it going to happen? Mm -hmm. So it's just so beautiful with the recognizing and so many people, I'm wondering if you can relate to this listeners, I would love to hear when you were a kid, were you that person that was like, yes, I totally see how that's going to be don't know exactly how. And I actually didn't, I didn't know. I kind of just, I just kind of did. I was very shy and I actually kind of shut down because I would get so red um, that it kept me small for a long time because I didn't want that external aspect of me to show to everybody because mm -hmm. it, it showed everything about me. I felt it showed that I was nervous. Yeah. It showed that I liked somebody. It showed that I didn't feel confident. Um, it showed that I was, you know, nervous. So I would avoid situations because of that. But I started to, as I got older, that's when the visioning started kicking in. I was like, enough of this BS. Like, there's too much to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> too much to do too big of a mission of wanting to empower people to step into their, you know, own brilliance that like enough of this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's, let me take a step back because I think it's easy to get the impression that there was just this, this singular line. <laughs> it's like this smooth path oh, from no, childhood no. to adulthood. <laughs> I was like, oh God, no. Um, there, were, there was a lot that was happening, even though I had a very clear vision of who I, of who I am and who I was going to be and what I would be doing. That was always very clear even in the midst of chaos, even in the midst of me doubting whether I could actually doing, do any of that, even with me saying, yeah, you know, I don't want to put in the work for that. So let me just do like the nice normal thing. <laughs> let me just get a regular job and a regular place, have a regular life and just go on with it. All while all of that was happening, still this vision maintained. And so part of it is just divine knowing like there's no other there's no other way to to put it i knew with absolute certainty that this was my lot in life so as a child i'm studying like encyclopedias about different cultures and religions so i would be prepared as an adult like again i'm an off-center i was an off-center child but that's it's like preparation i know that i need to know this now the amazing part is that so much of what I learned and studied in those books and like early years 
I was literally able to put that information into action and use that as connection points with people around the world because I could speak to the fact that this is their particular area. And it's like, oh, I know, I know that area. Or, oh, isn't that like piece of, of um, like um, traditional fabric? Isn't that called such and such? And they would be <laughs> astonished. Cause, like, what the, what the I love I it. This so it. It was, it's always interesting when these kind of tidbits end up coming to mind. It's like, oh my gosh, I remember reading about this. Like when I was like six or seven with this almanac the size of me, I'm pouring over this in preparation. And now knowing the provinces of Canada has come in handy. Um, I actually know where this is. I know when this, when these particular actions took place, like this sort of thing, it, these were seeds that were planted in childhood that later became fruit in adulthood. But I had no way of knowing. I just, it's like, this seems like the right step to take. So I'm going to do this and we'll see how it goes. Um, so there was that portion of it, of kind of the visioning of it. But even later on in adulthood, when I began to, to deviate from the path, where it just seemed, it was frustrating for me to know that this is where I'm supposed to be and there's nothing around me supporting this vision. Like there's, I don't have an example of a person who is introverted, who is doing this. I have nothing but people saying that you can't do it. I don't have the example of someone who is not necessarily like Oprah Winfrey is like the only person who's like in existence, the only black woman who's successful ever. Not true. But <laughs> people treat her as if she is, right. um, especially in this time at like the height of her success. But I'm not trying to be Oprah Winfrey. I don't want to do that. Like, she's great. I, God bless her. But I know that that's not, that's not what I'm doing. So where's someone similar to what I'm doing? I don't know. I will have to piecemeal this kind of vision. And it became frustrating to me because I could see the path so clearly. I could see the outcome with absolute clarity. And everything else had nothing to do, like giant chasm between the two. So for a, a time... I stepped away from it. I took on a job as a project manager. Um, it was in administration and I was overseeing communications at, um, and I, at an investment company um, in their IT department. And it was so far. It was, it's more, it's difficult to get more far on <laughs> the vision of myself right. um, and who I knew myself to be than this, you know, on stages, traveling the world, writing books versus spreadsheets, solitude, <laughs> dank cubicle, like could not be further apart. And so even within that space, the vision was there, but the frustration with just having to deal with people, like just quote, just be normal. Like just, just get out of your shell and do this. Like just change who you are. And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm just sick of, I, I'm just sick of all of it. I'm just going to do the normal thing. I was miserable. I was absolutely miserable. Could I have kept doing it? Sure. I mean, I, I can do a lot of things. That doesn't mean I want to. That doesn't mean that it's going to help me grow. And that was a lesson in itself that everything you're good at isn't what you're meant to do. Mm. But that, that kind of space where, in that kind of wonky space where I knew that there was something else calling me and I knew the vision that I had, I also knew that I was sick of dealing with people. <laughs> it just, I'm tired of your commentary. I'm tired of your guidance and your advice. I'm tired of 
waiting for this vision that I see to come to pass. I'm just going to do the normal thing and just the regular folk thing and hope for the best. Even that decision put me on a path towards the rest of this. Um, because even within that space where it was very muddled, I still had those moments where I could tap into some of those components. And one of the things I, I um, often mention to introverted women, especially when they're in like corporate environments, if you don't have a place where you can leverage your gifts and your skills, either find an opportunity or create an opportunity for you to put your skills into effect. Because one, it's going to help you to feel good. You are doing something that is useful. And we need we need that as introverts to have like purpose and have purposeful um, engagement. You need that. But also you can use the, the wins from these other opportunities to fuel and to feed the work that you do, um, how you show up at home and all of these other areas. So for me, in that corporate job that was soul sucking, I joined a Toastmasters International group, which is a public mm. speaking group for people who are maybe wanting to cultivate their language skills or improve with public speaking. I didn't need it for any of that. <laughs> like I, I'm good on all of those. What I needed was some space where I could use my speaking skills, where I could put that into action, where I could work out the kinks with me loving to speak in front of big groups, hating to speak in, in front of small groups. I would have to speak to this very small five to 10 people group. And that is terrifying to me. It's, I still have to prep myself for that. Hundreds of people, no problem. Five people, shoot me. <laughs> Just shoot me. It's and so it, it, cre it created that path for me to use those skills. And that was part of that transition where I found a place where I could build upon my skills there and I could get comfortable with my own power in those ways and then allowed those wins to, to spill over into other aspects of my life. Mm. So it's not just sitting there and being a victim and being like, I hate this. I hate this. That can, that for me, I was just thinking as you were talking, I remember years and years and years ago, I was just, I needed some kind of a temp job. And um, I walked into this place and they're like, why would you want to file paperwork? I'm like, I wouldn't want to file paperwork. Like, I'm thinking I just right. need a job. Like, I that is like, it sounds like torture to me. I don't want to sound like in my head, I'm thinking that. And of course, I'm coming up with all these answers of, well, because of, you know, whatever organization and whatever it was, it felt horrible. Mm -hmm. I got the job because it's like you were saying, being regular, you know, you need some kind of regular something. But I think what's important to really point out before we go on to the second question is, is this idea that if you do not, you create the opportunities. So as you are in this space, then you join the Toastmasters, because even though it terrified you with the smaller speaking in smaller groups, your bigger vision didn't know how it was going to happen was to speak on larger stages. So you're like, I'm going to use my voice and really start honing in more, even more, just get better at it and better at it. And then it's empowering. So it's this contrast of realizing what doesn't make you happy to what will make you feel better. Like Absolutely. we take responsibility and we give ourselves permission to feel it, recognize it and be like, okay, now I'm taking, I'm taking action in this space that feels good to me or better. Right. 
and you you can feel miserable and also take action like that's what i was doing i mean it's like this this sucks like this i i i no longer have any desire to be in this space for this job but it's steady pay <laughs> it's, right. it's decent benefits um but i do I do see this outlet here so I can have my joy and my fulfillment in this place while I'm waiting for my next. It, it was never like that feeling of frustration and disappointment and annoyance and all of the rest of them. It's not like that went away. That was still there. And also I had, I had these places of joy and of service and of fulfillment and satisfaction until that space and that feeling of satisfaction and joy and delight and being in that opportunity, it began to overshadow those more negative thoughts, but those negative thoughts were still there because the place still sucked. Right. It still it still was not where I was meant to be. Um, I just want to normalize that for someone who's listening, because sometimes it's sometimes we can get caught in the trap of when I feel blank, then I'll do something. But you're going to feel something that's going to be on the negative side, regardless of, of where you are in your journey. The difference is being able to still say, OK, this is for the birds. Let me let me go sprinkle some seeds over here, plant my garden, and then come back to the birds, like <laughs> throw them some dirty looks, plant some, <laughs> some more seeds, pour more water on my seeds. Like you can have these things to coexist and it's not, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> if you feel like I should, yeah. I should feel glad that I even have a job in this day and age. So many people wish they could do what I'm doing. I, so many people are praying to have something like this. That is true. And it's also true that that's not the place where you're meant to stay. These yeah. things can coexist. They do ev every day. Every day, these things coexist. So I just wanted to normalize that um, for someone who may be going through that thought process of, well, I when I start feeling better about it, I'll do something. Or, gosh, what an ingrate I am because I have this perfect on paper life and I'm miserable. No, don't you don't need to wrong yourself. These things can coexist. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And it's like this guilt that we feel and all these shoulds. And yeah, yeah, it's it just isn't it's the contrast as individuals to it may like you said look perfect on paper and as other people hear it be what are you complaining about da, da, da. but it's not a vibrational match yes like it, it's it's off and that's okay so you you work towards you start to build those that joy into your life by taking this step so I appreciate that. So let's dive in a little bit more as we're getting to the top of the hour. Um, so how do you, as an individual, incorporate more creativity into your own life? If that's come for me in, in a few different ways. For for those of you who have seen any, if, if you go to my website, you'll see this also on social media. Um, part of my creativity is just creating the space of what I call sophisticated whimsy. Um, this is like kind of if I had an aesthetic <laughs> that I abided by, it would be that. And so something as simple as having this creative wallpaper that's in my office, even the naming of my office, it's not an office, it's the awesome oasis. Um, mm -hmm. These are ways to bring like creativity. And it's not just for the sake of creativity, it's in calling these things by, by these special names or having this particular like type of wallpaper or 
even the way that that the materials that I use for like handouts or for presentations, it's very specific to that that aesthetic because it helps me to show up better. Um, if it aligns with how I see myself and how I want others to see me, but also because of these sorts of of touches of me that are in everything that I do, my languaging, my color scheme, um, the, the things that I share with other people, both verbally and physically, all of these are ways to deepen that connection. And the basis of everything that I do is embracing your awesome. So embracing and bringing those touches of awesome throughout everything that I do, it's essential. Um, even for something like with, with getting creative, <laughs> I started experimenting with different, this is a ridiculous example, but it's an example nonetheless, of me using different, um, different types of flavorings for like my coffee and my tea. Mm -hmm. And I like all different kinds of flavorings, but I've been experimenting with different like floral ones. So lavender, of course, I love lavender coffee, um, but things like elderflower and hibiscus and all of these different ones. It is such a small thing. <laughs> it is like, yeah. who cares? But I've noticed that as I begin to play around with even these different flavorings and, and different teas that I have with it, there's... I respond differently <laughs> to certain pairings of this. So it's been fun. And it's been like one of those little like, oh, let's see how this goes. Um, moments for something as simple as that cup of tea that I'll have to recharge myself. Being able to play with that and bring that playfulness to it and seeing what things I really like, what things are like absolutely terrible. I do not recommend hibiscus coffee. I do not <laughs> recommend that. Oh, not a good pairing. Um, <laughs> so these, I mean, there's so many ways to to create and to be creative. And even with the languaging that you use and the ways that you approach people and you know, there, there's lots of simple things that you can do to be creative. And so those are some of the ones that I do. First of all, it's not silly when you said about playing around with the flavorings of your coffee. That is not silly at all. I think that is a beautiful example of how you can incorporate more curiosity, incorporate more play into something that you do every day because it's different. It's breaking it up. You're open to things. You're, you're like experimenting and realizing what you like and what you definitely don't like, like hibiscus. Right. <laughs> definitely. I mean, having, having my midday cup of tea or having a couple um, cups of like herbal tea, that's part of my practice of setting boundaries and having those moments of recharging, which as introverts, we all need to have these or whatever or something that recharges us. And so for me, it's having tea. Um, but I was getting tired <laughs> having the same like three or four teas. Like, I love you all, but you're boring me. Um, and so this is exactly what you said. It's a way to incorporate this bit of play and curiosity. And it just started off like, I miss having lavender lattes. So let me just get lavender. Oh, you have these other ones. Well, let's try it out. Let's, let's see how this goes. You know, that, that whole approach to it. So there's, like, and you've shared this many times, there's so many ways for us to get creative that are beyond what, what people typically think of creativity. I mean, even choosing what kinds of teas has been an experiment in creativity. 
Right, right. It's it's just open to you're just leaving yourself open and learning more about yourself. And if you're if it involves conversation with others, what do you like? What do you suggest? It kind of it, it's a connector. So yes, um, in many different ways. Um, what was it that I was gonna? Oh, even things like we have a frother that even mm-hmm. a simple little thing like that of having a frother someone came over the other day and i made her like a chai latte and um just put the oat milk in and i was like wait a minute do you like oat milk i didn't even ask you because we don't have any other kind of milk in the house and she's like mm-hmm. no I, she's like i like it but i put it in the frother and then put it in she's like this is so pretty like how what did you use and i told her you know what it is she's like even t- I was thinking even something as simple as that makes it feel more decadent. So when you're going, when you go out to wherever you get your drink and you pay $5 for it, like you can do that Mm -hmm. at home. (laughs) You absolutely can. And it's so, it's so amazing how, especially if we're attentive and we're aware of, of these ways of sprinkling kind of these little bits of joy, there are so many aspects of it that are creativity embodied. You know, they're they're tangible ways that creativity is being expressed, but we often just kind of dismiss it. It's like, oh, it's not painting. <laughs> There's more to it than that. You know, oh, it doesn't have anything to do with anything tangible. I mean, like with languaging, languaging can be very creative. Oh my gosh. All yes. of these unique names, that's all creativity. Like all of these wonky spelled <laughs> like brands. Yeah, creativity. <laughs> And you know what? I want to touch on what you said, which, okay, so your room, your office, where you put that piece of that wallpaper that it makes you feel good. So ladies and gentlemen, it's these little things when we create our physical spaces, putting things in there, no matter how big or how small it is, that make us feel a feeling that we want to feel when we go in there, make us feel happy, make us feel playful, make us feel calm, whatever that is. You have control over how you can set up that space. Also, I like how you titled your space, the awesome oasis. It's not like I'm going to my office. Like this is something I'm actually going to start thinking about. I'm not going to the studio. I'm not, I'm going to my, you know, I'm going to my creative, awesome place. I'm going to like giving it that kind of a title, these little tweaks in how we approach our world are life changing life-changing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those little, like my, my space is like 36 by like 42. Like it's, it's tiny. It's a, it's a little jewel box of a space. Um, it's how I like to frame it. It's not like a closet. It's a jewel box of a space, but even in framing it in that way, creativity, you know, just that reframing of it, it makes me feel better about my space. Um, and, these little touches that you can bring in. I don't have much space, but the space that I have, I have lots of these things that bring me joy and that help me to to kind of process what it is I'm wanting to do, like quotations and crystals and you know, a little vase, a little flower vase my kiddo made for me when he was four. Like I have all of these like weird little touches that they are creative in an artistic sense, but they also help to spark creativity for how I'm approaching the work that I do and how I'm able to create um, something of a reprieve, even in a space that I work in. 
Well, when you were saying, you know, something that your son made, it's these things that have special meaning to you. For me, it's, I have so much, I'm like looking right now at my wall. I have so many visuals. I, I'm looking right now at um, a, a print that someone sent to me, an amazing friend, and she sent it as a thank you. And I have it hanging right on my wall. I have two pieces, one from somebody that I worked with back in the 90s and um, a special wow. needs adult where she just did this random drawing and I have it hanging where I look at it every day. I have another piece of this of this um, someone that I worked at in a high school like six years ago, and she had never taken an art class before. And in my art class, there was a lot of time just to be able to explore and experiment with different materials. And I'm looking at this thing that she made for me with literally a cardboard background, like a, uh, a stitching kind of plastic um, thing that I can't think of what it's called. She, um, she needle pointed into it and glued things to it and used paper cups to give it a three-dimensional look. I'm wow. like, it's like these things are just, so my reason for saying these are they're, they're things that mean something to me. So when I look at them, they give me a feeling of joy. They take me back to that time but not to live in that time, just be like, when I look at the one that the girl made, I'm like, oh my God, she never touched art materials before. And look what she made for me. Right. You know, she yeah, took the time. It's very special to have those, those things that, that they're not only creative in how they're made and what they do, but they can prompt your, your creativity in the ways that you create in the world. And that's the part that I think gets overlooked, that creativity it's not just about things that are that are pretty. It's also about things that prompt you to create, that prompt you to to make something real and make something tangible that was not in a way that is benefiting others. And I love I love you sharing that. You know, this was something that she made this artistic piece that she had no background in artistry. She made this beautiful thing and that beautiful thing now gives you that sense of being inspired and appreciated and joyous. And so then that inspiration and that joy now spills over into the work that you do because now you have that touch point. It's like, oh, that's so great. Let me create this feeling. Let me help to prompt this feeling through the work that I do. It's, it's the beauty of creativity. It's and because the word gets used so much. I mean, creativity is life. It's, it's how yes. she didn't think that much of it. And she was actually very shy and giving it to me, like not thinking that it was quality because uh, of these labels again, that we put on things. I was like, mm -hmm. what are you talking about? Like this, <laughs> the fact that your hands touched this and you took the time to envision and make this and then share it. Like that means everything that means the world. So yeah. it, yeah. it yeah, just such beauty. Um, but I want to touch on before we do our wrap up, I really appreciate what you were saying too on the textures and the materials that you use for handouts and presentations. It's these touch points where it's a representation of how you want to present and how you feel like these things are very it means something. There's thought that goes into it. It's not just like, I'm just going to make all these Xeroxes, which do happen and you hand out, but there's a personalization behind it. Yes. That's, that's really important to me. Um, that's, it's just one of those things that, that for me, you could be 
the people that I work with could be anywhere. They could be spending their time, their money, their their mental space to anything in the world. There's a hundred other things that they can do. Um, and for them to spend that time with me and for them to trust me um, to be in their space and to be able to, to contribute however I can, I appreciate that. And I don't take it for granted. And while I can't give hugs and kisses and, and like pour praise and adoration for every single person. What I can do is I can create a space where they feel like, oh, there is some, hey, she, she actually thought about me. Like we realize that this person has lots of stuff to do. Like they didn't personally think about you, but they thought about you. You know, it wasn't just, let me just put this book together. I'm putting it together. Yes, but I'm, I'm writing it and I'm speaking it with you in mind. I'm speaking mm. to you your situation because I care about you. I'm giving you this handout and this this contract needs to be signed and the contract is a contract no matter what, but I can make it in a way yeah. that's aesthetically pleasing, that is actually easy for you to read because I do want you to know what you're signing. Um, I do want, want you to sign it, of course, but I do want you to know what it is. And these types of very small touches, it shows, and at least that's my that's always my hope that it translates into the fact that I care about you and your well-being, that I want this interaction that we have, however long or short, to be one of mutual benefit. And I appreciate the fact that you are taking the time to let me in your space. And so far it seems to be translating that way. Mm, <laughs> so oh my far, god. So good. Yeah, well, that's such an important point because when you talked about like signing a contract. There are so many, there are a lot of times you feel overwhelmed and stupid because yes. there's big words, there's roundabout talk. It's like, what is going on? What are they saying? I feel if I ask a question, I'll feel dumb. Um, instead of simply stating what the transaction is and what's going to occur. So I really appreciate you pointing that out in even to like, what is a big thing, but could be perceived as a little thing that you can make something visually pleasing. You can make something um, uh, understandable. So people feel calm and they feel welcomed into the space, not stressed. Yes, absolutely. You know? So here we go. Okay. So rounding up here, the third question is, why do you think that creativity is important as we wrap it up and put a nice little bow on it? And creativity is important because that's what allows us to engage and connect with one another. I mean, just as you mentioned, creativity is life. And especially for us introverts, our life is creativity. <laughs> like, yeah. We are constantly creating worlds in our mind. We're creating engagement um, for those that do get the pleasure of our engagement they're blessed by it. They are enriched by it. And all of that's creativity. All of that is being able to take something that wasn't here um, to make it tangible, to make it something valuable to those we engage with and transform the world in big or small ways. That's all creativity. And the more that we have of people leaning into the truth of creativity, as opposed to just like pretty pictures, but all the ways that creation is expressed through our gifts and through our service, the more we all benefit from that. Amen. Perfect way to end that. So Jacqueline, can you please let people know how they can find you? 
Yes, you can always go to IEmbraceAwesome.com. That is my online home base. So when you go to IEmbraceAwesome.com, you'll find some resources. You'll find how to connect with me on social media, what's going on with me, uh, books, er everything you need to know about me. Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's available at IEmbraceAwesome.com. Perfect. Jacqueline, thank you so much for taking this time to hang out. But before we say goodbye, is there, is there yes. anything that you feel like you want to add or say that you missed? My closing words would be just to remind you that introversion is not a flaw to fix or an obstacle to overcome. It is an invitation for you to live deeply and impact greatly. So embrace your awesome, engage your gifts, and empower your world. Woohoo! Power! <laughs> Power. Jacqueline, truly, thank you so much for taking this hour to hang out. I really, really enjoyed chatting with you. This was a delight. Thank you, Hollis. So thank you. And thank you to all those that joined us live and those catching the replay. This space is all about inspiring each other, sharing stories, and connecting. So I believe we've always needed this, but I think we need it now more than ever. So please like, follow, share, all that good stuff so we can spread the word and empower people to realize that creativity goes beyond a pencil and a paintbrush. And that our book, Invisible No More, which Jacqueline is one of the amazing contributors, uh, Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight, will be launched on Friday, April 8th on Kindle. More information coming your way on that. And... We would truly appreciate you. So wherever you are listening in the world, we wish you a good morning, a good afternoon, a good evening, and look forward to chatting soon. So goodbye, everybody. Feeling inspired? Let's just get rid of this, throw away this whole perfectionism thing, this whole concept that we have to know how to do everything. You know what? You don't. <laughs> Let's just do things and try things and realize what we like and what we don't like. It's all part of the process. The self-awareness feels so good. You feel more connection to yourself, connection to others, and, huh, be a happier, more joyful person. Just imagine that. So you are where you are in the process. So you can dip your toe in the water to try new things at a slower pace, or you can dive right in. Here at I Am Creative and Express Yourself Publishing, we meet you where you are. So there are so many ways to check us out explore our experiential kits they have everything in them that you need to try new things you don't have to buy anything else but this kit and just explore there's creative shui which is seven elements to join happiness through the publishing house express yourself publishing multi-author books coffee books solo book opportunities it is all about expression all about it and it's again just trying these things and realizing what you're good at. Don't all of a sudden think that you only fit into one box because we don't. We are not made for boxes. <laughs> there is also my TV show, I Am Creative. Check it out. The links are all in the body of this podcast. You can just click the link. And you know what? Don't say, oh, maybe I'll check it out tomorrow. Life's too short. Just click it. See what it's about. There is honestly no judgment. It's all about exploring the possibilities, expressing yourself, and expanding your thinking. I will give you the website, which is IamCreativePhilly.com. So IamCreativePhilly, P-H-I-L-L-Y.com. And just remember that you are an expressive being, so own it. 
I am looking forward to hearing your story because we all have one.